Happy Halloween, trick-or-treaters, dreamers, campers, suspects, deadites, friends till the end, and space jockeys. It's Michael Myers Rothman. What you're about to hear is a clip from our latest installment of The Rental, which sees your Halloweenies hopping aboard the Pork Chop Express to discuss, you guessed it, John Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, this is a big one. So how do you hear the full thing? Well, become a member of our Patreon, The Rewind. You can find a link in the description of this episode, or you can visit www.patreon.com slash Halloweeniespod. Hope to see you there so we can give you one more scare. I will say this too. In the screenplay, Jack is definitely more capable in the screenplay. Like he does actually get involved in the action more successfully. Uh, Mm. He's definitely dumbed down and funnier in the film. There's way more one-liners in the movie. And this is the thing. He is more set up as the hero in the screenplay than we get on the screen. I think Russell really changed that character a lot. So I can see like reading the script now because this, yeah, whenever I hear this, some of these cat, I'm like, what that wouldn't, why would they think that? But I will say having read it, it makes a little bit more sense because it's a little less goofy. <laughs> than if we this get. movie played it straight, like the original script would have entailed it. I mean, it doesn't work. Yeah. It works because of all the subversions that Russell brings to it and Carpenter ended up bringing to it, I think. Oh, yeah. So I think that was a huge thing that actually has ended up making this film a classic because otherwise, yeah, it would have been too bland. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I, yeah, I'm trying to think of like alternate casting choices. I I do have one. Okay. I think this actually would have worked. Okay. And it would have been another Carpenter re-team. Jeff Bridges. Mm. Yeah. I think Jeff Bridges could have done a version of this. Well, yeah, because sure. we've seen, like, he can, at this He's time, had he done a lot of comedy at this time? I mean, clearly since then he has, but. I'm forgetting some major things from the late set. Even like, he's, he's even kind of like the amiable character in, in Thunderbolt and Lightfoot, right, Mac, with speaking yeah. of Clint Eastwood. Yeah, I was just going to say, I could see them asking Clint and him going, well, you know, this kid well, Bridges. Uh, it is yeah, very Lebowski-ish now yeah. that you like now that you mention it. Like Burton is kind of like what? How did I get? How did I get here? What's going on? <laughs> I can see an exasperated Bridges, like like you said, like it's Lebowski, right? But I could see yeah. him jumping into that type of a character a decade earlier oh, for sure. Who are these guys? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What totally. is going on here? I could definitely see Bridges doing his own take on this, and I think it would have yeah, worked. That is not good. maybe not as well, but you right. know what? We'll never know. Yeah, I mean, he he had done Against All Odds at this point. Oh, hilarious. (laughs) One of the funniest movies of all time. I'm just so obsessed with Kurt Russell as this character. And I just think that, like, his years as a working actor, I feel like he just, to this day, I just feel like he just approaches things differently because he's been in the game for so long. His whole life, when you think about it. He knows how films work. He knows how TV works. And unlike so many other child actors especially those that we're gonna see in the you know the late 70s 80s and 90s i think he had a decent young career and mm-hmm. upbringing and didn't have to worry about paparazzi and right. uh, i don't know i think he was just grew up in kind of a golden he's the golden child a golden time <laughs> hey. right it's a golden time to be a child actor maybe and i just feel like he genuinely loves what he does and doesn't take it too seriously and is not afraid to look like a fool, as we've seen. He's not afraid mm-hmm. to take risks or speak up to directors like Carpenter and trust his own gut. And I think that that's something that not every actor has. 
And I just think that that's just part of what makes him such a goddamn treasure and just such a perfect part for this character. Well, people just respect Kurt Russell. And it's like you said, Rachel, it's because of that longevity. And yeah. I was listening to an interview that he he had with, with Wyatt Russell, his son, uh, on Conan's Conan O'Brien's podcast. Oh, yeah. And he was even talking about how, like, Quentin Tarantino would have him over and they would just talk about old Hollywood. Yeah. Like, there is a reverence that these filmmakers have for Kurt Russell because he's still in the game yeah. and he's been playing the game for 50, 60 years now. You know, there's not a lot of people that can say that at this point, sadly. Yeah. He, he had this cute quote. He said, movies are movies. You throw the dice and see what happens. At the end of the day, all that ever matters is you make a movie that holds up. And John Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little China holds up. That sounds like a Jack Burton quote. I can't <laughs> Jack Burton here. Let me tell you, movies are movies. You Sometimes throw you, the throw the, you roll the dice. <laughs> John <laughs> Carpenter's not- a good filmmaker. <laughs> I, but that, I think that really is it for him. Like, he just doesn't take it too seriously. He's like, yeah, some are hits, some are not. I don't know. I uh, think it's good. He's like, I'm doing fine. I'm married to Goldie Hawn, or I'm with Goldie Hawn. We're doing with fine. With Goldie Hawn. <laughs> yeah. Don't even have to marry. It's all good. Also, of course, we know that Carpenter had a lot to do with his character, too. I think mm. that he and Russell were kind of the ones who came up with the idea that this is he's not the hero of the story. No. He is more right. the sidekick. And yeah, Carpenter says, Jack Burton is a guy who's a sidekick, but doesn't know it. He's an idiot blowhard. He's an American fool in a world that he doesn't understand. This is the genius of the movie. Yeah. Right. That you might not pick up on when you're a kid. This is why it has aged so well, too, because yeah. it, ha- it had to be this. And yeah, he said, rather than try to make it look like our American Caucasian lead knew what he was doing with martial arts, we just went ahead and made him an idiot. <laughs> and think about it. I mean, I, I picked up something this time. I don't think I picked up initially mm-hmm. when they're in the alleyway. Yeah, and they're, they have that huge shootout that's happening outside the truck. He literally brings a knife to a gunfight. Oh yeah, I mean, he is truly a fool, and he's truly out of his element. Mm-hmm. He gets like the platitudes, like the big hero talk of like I was born ready. Oh yeah, and there's no follow through. Oh yeah, when he first fires the machine gun. And he's just, he can't believe he's fired a gun, period. Uh-huh. And I forgot his name. The maitre d' looks at him and goes, you've never plugged anybody before? He's oh, like, Eddie. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, of you course know, he's, he's, never, he's never played the hero before. He's an absolute blowhard, like, he's, like oh, yeah. Carpenter said. And and that's that's stuff, like, it's written in this. I feel like there's so much of that's in the script that's very serious. Mm-hmm. But then you just know how it's delivered, and it's like, oh, that was good. <laughs> that was I, smart. <laughs> Yeah, like when the when he shoots up and then the the, the bricks knock him that out. That was I mean, his idea. Just, that was great. Russell's idea. That is not. Oh my gosh, I should have flagged it. But yeah, that whole scene at the end, the final thing where they go in, like it's described. You know, like he's going in and he's bunching these guys and beating people up, and he's like Ugh. very capable. And it's so funny to like compare that to what we get. Yeah, because it's exact opposite. It's like when when Bilbo takes a nap at the end of the Hobbit novel. Yeah, and like the actual fight goes on. Yeah, <laughs> he wakes up and it's just about over. Yeah, it's I had a quote. I had a quote from Carpenter. I think it was from the commentary. He said, "The studio is worried that the white guy was stupid." He said, <laughs> "That's the way he it said, works." Yeah, that's the point. This dumb white guy thinks he's the hero, stumbles mm-hmm. in, does absolutely nothing, and then thinks he saved the day and stumbles out into the night. And this movie would not age as well, again, if he was the true 
all out white savior of the movie. Yes. You know, I, yeah. yeah. Ridiculous. Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out, and we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now.